spoils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we deliver live exposés on the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales of the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and this loudmouth slimeball with me is my brother, Thomas Johnston. Hi. That's right. I just tell the truth and I say things and it makes people angry. How much angry. smoke so, are you blowing in the face of? Uh, I'm blowing so much smoke. <laughs> I shouldn't. I should have. I should have kept everything I learned about. Um, uh, uh, blah, 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 Morton Downey Jr. secrets was to ambush you with that, how weird it all is. It's very, it's very weird. Although I don't think I would even begin to understand this episode if I didn't have that backstory. Yeah, if you don't, well, actually, you'd just be like, man, this guy is really good. Yeah, or you'd just be like, this episode seems a little bit thin. I feel like I'm missing something. There's yeah. a missing cultural piece here. Um, so... This has got to be the worst one ever. You were. We went so slow. You went slow. Do you want me to do it again, but faster? That one felt good. I always yep. felt like I feel like kind of like you do the harmony part. <laughs> no, no, I am lead guitar for sure. Oh, okay. Should do it. We should. You should do it like like you're. Uh, I'm lead like boo 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 boos. If yeah, like, <laughs> like I don't know what you're the, talking about. Do it like you're a SoCal um, pop punk band. What I'm really just saying is do it like Blink 182 style, where you're like, "Let's go," and then you're like singing it down yeah. around your knees. What would that? Sound? What, yeah, my guitar with is your, down. Bo- is with down all your ankle. gelled, with your gelled hair, and you're like a 35 year old man who's writing songs for 19 year olds, not for like my, 13 year olds. My guitar is down around my ankles. And that's about where my shorts end as well. Yeah, right. Where, where my shorts interface perfectly with the high socks I am wearing. Absolutely. Right, right. All of this is gold. Just keep it all in. Just keep it all in. It's all live. So it's stay in. Uh, tell us about the personnel. Yeah. So this has a real, the director is very interesting. A guy named Charlie. I don't know if it's Picerni or Picerni. He is definitely very Italian. I believe he's from New York. And he is one of the people who is kind of a, not even a hidden gem, but just someone you probably wouldn't necessarily know about if you weren't like way into this sort of thing. But he is a very extensive stunt unit and second unit director. He uh, started off as a stunt man and then kind of hooks up with Joel Silver kind of around the time that he does this episode. I don't know if it's before or after, really. Um, but he started off as a stunt man on, um, I believe, Starsky and Hutch. He then moved to being a stunt director and second unit director with Starsky and Hutch. He did stunts and direction on Magnum P.I., Kojak, T.J. Hooker. Then he hooks up with Joel Silver. He works on Die Hard 2, Roadhouse, Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, Hudson Hawk. Um, do you National Lampoon's for all those things? Yeah, doing second unit direction or stunt direction for them. And oh. also doing some fill-in stunt work as well. Um, he works on Christmas Vacation. He works on Last Boy Scout, Demolition Man, Ghost, Basic Instinct, and also Venom. And this is just like, this is just like. The, the recent Venom? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So, yes. With, with the man of a thousand accents. Yes. So he is he's cool. I mean, and he is he has done it good, right? He is making stunts. He's directing stunts. Mm-hmm. And, so now cool. he's, and now good he's doing him. this. So do you think that at the but like when we're done in four years yeah. time and we have done all Tales from the Crypt episodes ever, um, mm-hmm. at least within the um, 
the right, HBO the original. Yep. Yes. Do you think that we will have assembled over that time the entire personnel behind the movie Roadhouse? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think so. Yes. There's a lot of di- there's a lot of diehard uh, two and three uh, fans in here. Or, uh, People as well. Yep. Yeah. Or at least diehard two rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, so this guy's cool um, and very prolific. I kind of think he's like the uh, the costume guy on the uh, uh, Corman's Calamity episode. We were just like, this guy is a putty in the cracks guy who, if I was more into movies and movie personnel, probably would know who he was. It's cool that he that I'm getting to learn about him through this. Mm-hmm. Um, the writer's Randall Jansen. Um, he doesn't have a ton of writing credits, um, but he does have some notable screenwriting credits. He worked on the the, the Doors, the uh, you know the the Jim Morrison biopic, the very kind of self indulgent thing. This makes me think if the Jim Morrison joke in the episode is like a tip of the hat, um, but I don't. I, I didn't actually look at the timeline to see if that works, so maybe I'm just overthinking it. Mm. Um, he also worked on Mask of Zorro, and uh, he did uh, another Tales from the Crypt episode. He did King of the Road, which we have not yet seen, but will see in. You know, in like a year. Um, the other person working on this is G.J. Pruss, um, who only whose only screenwriting credit is this episode. It makes me wonder if these people are either journeymen or if these people are uh, are like pseudonyms um, or, or, you know, sort of like the filler that represents something else. I do not know enough about movies to know if that's true, but it's just something that came to me because it seems like we have a lot of these um, when we're talking about this, uh, talking about Tales from the Crypt. Um, in terms of the cast, um, Horton Rivers, the Geraldo Rivera style um, uh, lead in this episode is played by Morton Downey Jr., who is kind of a fascinating guy. This guy um, was a songwriter. He did a little bit of acting, but he's most famous as a talk show host. And he had a trash talk show um, uh, called, I believe, the Morton Downey Jr. show Um and was sort of the pioneer of the concept of the kind of uh, Geraldo Rivera, um, Sally Jesse, Raphael, um, uh, uh, Jerry Springer style. Ricky you know, Lake. Get a, yeah, get a bunch. Of, and, and, and of the kind of like, I think his was, at, le- at least his seemed to be all about like getting people to get, like point and counterpoint and get them to fight and yell about things. Um, but he had like, <laughs> he had a bunch of funny um Ta- uh, like sort of uh, catchphrases, like he would accuse people of being a pablum puking liberal. And for a while he would say zip it and like zip it. But like that's the thing. But the real thing for this guy is he would chain smoke like a chimney and would either have a comically large ashtray or like big silver bowl that he would flick his cigarette ashes in and blow smoke in the faces of the people when he was arguing or trying to kind of, you know, referee these arguments and stuff. But these are exactly these are exactly the kinds of um, so much. I watched some clips of it and everything, and he just does the things that you see in all these kinds of shows. Even though I never didn't know that he was maybe the originator of it, where he goes out to the audience, you know, and that the audience will say something. Well, you know, I just want to say to that guy that he is ugly and fake, you know, like that kind of stuff. All of that is right there. So it's awesome that he is playing a thinly fictionalized version of himself here. <laughs> um. The other people on this uh, episode, Dorothy Park. He's on his, um, just so you know, before we move on, he's on the yeah. down, like he, his show is no longer on at this point, correct? Right. Yeah. I, th- I believe it was canceled, canceled in like 88 or 89, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think so. So he's kind of, I mean, like this is, this is or, cool. Or, it, he... Or, or he is about to be canceled. Yeah. Interesting. All right, go on. Dorothy Park is Sam. 
um, who is a uh, Canadian actress with a lot of kind of one-off or uh, TV roles. She was in an episode of Cheers, an episode of a couple episodes of Full House, Charles in Charge, 21 Jump Street. And then um, Peter Van Norden, who I thought I kind of recognized is Booth. And he was in Naked Gun 22 and a half, Police Academy 2 and The Stand. Mm. Um, Police Academy 2 is another one of those movies where I think uh, eventually we will assemble the complete cast um, uh, if we watch enough Tales from the Crypt. That's definitely true. All right. Yep. Nice. Hit me. Hit me with the synopsis. All right. Uh, a greasy tabloid news show host, Horton Rivers, um, hasn't uh, clearly has does not believe in hubris. Otherwise, why would he be goofing on all the paranormal things he reports on while literally preparing to enter a haunted house? Horton believes that to make to make it in show business, you have to have a quote unquote killer instinct. Let's see if the ghosts in this house agree. <laughs> I like how you make this episode sound a little bit more wacky than it is. <laughs> it is a little bit, yeah. It's not, it's not super wacky, but you know, that, there that, you go. That, that that could also be like a Casper the Friendly Ghost, or maybe like a like a definitely a Scooby Doo kind of stuff. <laughs> Horton, Horton, who? Where are you? Um. So were you excited to watch this episode? So I don't remember seeing this episode as a kid, but this is always like listed as being one of the all timers. This is like all those lists of Tales from the Crypt episodes and nostalgic posts mention this episode hands down all the time. Uh, it's interesting. Interesting to um, to finally see it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think if I didn't know, I did not recognize um, Morton Downey Jr. offhand. Did you? Did you know who that was? No, not at all. No, but like, but but also, when you see him, you know exactly the type of guy he is. Yes, and yes, he's yes, like yes. a very, it's like a very specific eighties and nineties kind of like trash showbiz. Like we, I don't, we don't, we don't really have these people anymore because like your Sean Hannitys, your Bill O'Reillys, um, you know, like the kind of guys who do this sort of like uh, trashy news kind of stuff. All, all now are cloaked in respectability and everything, but like, you know, straight up this house, and they even mentioned the whole um, Geraldo Rivera, um, uh, Capone's vault. Uh, you, you know, this sort of I this the idea of the like fast talking trash journalist, usually who used to really be a journalist, um, who now is like doing sensational garbage stuff. Doesn't Murphy Brown uh, date a guy who's 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 one of these guys? If it was, if it really was more, if it was Martin Downey Jr., I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know who it is. I did not really understand. And um, well, I'll, I'll talk through what I found out. I didn't really understand what, like, obviously, I know what Jerry Springer is. I know yeah, I, yeah, I knew yeah, about is, Ricky is, Lake. Like, I know, you know, I know about all those things. I didn't really understand the cultural import they had. And like yeah, what no, no. people you, yeah, thought you're a little about bit, them. Yeah, you're a little bit too young. Yeah. So the whole, yeah, like the whole Capone's vault thing, which I think happened before I was born. But, yes. um, but like you know, all that stuff is before your time, and so you're kind of like, what's the what's the big deal? The Why? cultural references that I would ascribe to this um, are yeah. very different than I think what they're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yes. Yes. I think you're 100. percent Which is kind of funny. This. Is, so it's 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 quite a dated concept, which can make it more enjoyable did you like that or did you were, were you were, was it like 
benign confusing? Was it distracting, bad confusing? I don't think I gave it enough credit. Uh, To me, the message of... So I think the ultimate moral of this is... Um, it, it's not so much a moral, but this is a story about like the cultural gutter and media right, yeah. like lapping it up with uh, with uh, pleasure, right? Like, sure, yes, like yeah. laying down in the gutter and then rolling around in it with glee, right? Like, and, that's yeah, what or, this is about. Yes, yes, and like pretending to educate you while actually like ex- doing exploitive stuff that is actually yeah. harmful garbage for right, your right. brain. Pret- yeah, pretending yeah. that these exposés are uh, for like like good for humanity versus just being exploitive. Yes, right. At the same time, at the same time, we would both agree that like wanting to do a documentary where you tour a house where murders happened is maybe not like the worst thing you could do. Yeah, no, totally. So that's kind of a weird <laughs> aspect of this. You're like, I mean, you're like, like what these guys did was actually like way more crazy than what happens here. I mean, like up yeah, until right, the very yes. end, I suppose. Like no one ever yeah, died I, on air. Um, but like yeah, the whole yeah. uh, Jenny Jones um, murder and all that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you're like this is in some ways more uh, tame than fi- than reality. The fiction is yes. more tame than what actually went down. But um, I, so I think it wasn't it wasn't bad or good. It was just sort of I, like I understood they were they were going with it, but I didn't give it enough credit for being as revolutionary to say it at this point in time. Versus Mm -hmm. now, because I think this is sort of like accepted, like nobody is like, is what Jerry Springer did helpful? Everyone's like, no, of course it's not. Like, it's gross. Yeah. Now we have like a a whole like universe of reality television to like to look to and understand in different ways. Right. Yes. Yes. No. And and right. And and a world of Twitter and Instagram where people can just be like weird, hot messes just just on their under their own steam right you know right so it's it's sort of it, it feels if it, it's of a very different time and i think um i think it requires you to kind of go back and dig to understand why people were like lost their minds over this and why it should be a classic it's very good yeah um, yes yes yeah like i mean it, the, I, I think like a good analogy is remember when survivor first came out and like respectable people watch survivor because they we didn't know any better yet and right and and people were like is reality television like just what all television is gonna be you're like oh no it's just gonna be like what trash bag television is for okay well right right yes yeah no that's what i was gonna say actually i think this is more like the think pieces that were like well now i guess scripted drama is over (laughs) right but like yeah i bet but like i think the idea is at this time Everybody watched this kind of stuff. Everybody watched uh, Al Capone's uh, vaults, right? Right, yeah. Massively successful. Massively successful. You didn't have to be a trash bag to watch it versus like now where you're like, where you're like, yeah, I mean, I watch Real Housewives and it's like my trash bag TV. Like no one pretends like that is that is like fine, fine entertainment, right? Did you know that Jerry Springer now has one of those like mediated courtroom shows where like it's like Judge Jerry or something? No, that's weird. <laughs> that's so weird. Um, okay, so let's just like, do you have morals or do you want to dive right in? Oh yeah, I mean like the only thing I thought. So yeah, this is like one of the, this is like probably some pat like BS about like you know the coarsening of our culture and all that. You touched on that. Um, but I also thought there was a little bit of weird like woman scorned energy here, kind of. Um, I like that uh, Sam kind of takes power and it's, it's it's fine that she's like he, he's so 
he's so crappy to everybody that like you know right you don't feel sorry for him but but they do kind of height sort of punch her feeling lots of like glee at him feeling at him being scared and getting hurt um and then she runs outside and it's i, I feel like I don't know, man. The politics just feel a little bit bad where it's kind of like, look what you did. <laughs> oh, I had a different I had a different sort of different thing there. But like that, I want to get to at the very end. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the other only other thing is like if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to do kind of a, like the ratings or, or if they want to do like a ratings or everything, you know, like we can't kill the feed because it's people are watching, too, you know, right. Like, don't pull him out. They love watching him die. Then at that point, she should have gone out and seen the hanging body and been like, we're going to win an Emmy, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. I have an, like, I know, have an issue. Pulitzers about, all around. I have a way so, that I think like a read for the way the end is that I like and a read for the way the end is that I don't like. Um, so, so what you're saying is like the read you wish the you read you wish it had. And then the read that probably, both I think are equally probably the possible. writers. Really. I, I, it, <laughs> it's left. It's left. The, there's a missing critical piece that mm-hmm. we don't definitively get. Which I think chain makes all the difference. I see. Um, but uh, so the first, the, my, my main question is what what's what are we afraid of in this episode? What is this episode about? Um, of course, Ooh, me 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 ghosts ghosts. It's ghosts. about ghosts. <laughs> the scary ghost. And and, and knowing Murder now, ghosts. knowing now the director has like a, a background on stunts, it does make sense. It is one of the more stuntastic. Episodes oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yes, we've yes, seen yes. thus far. Yes, I like the stunts. I don't like the way the ghosts look. Actually, I, I feel like they need to look more ghosty or maybe more zombie-like. They just they just but, look like creepy people. Like if you didn't know they're supposed to be dead, you wouldn't necessarily know. It necessarily. No. Um, I do think that that guy with the with the slit throat in the bathtub is one of the more yeah. scary things we've seen thus far. Yeah, yeah, that, that was good. I don't, I don't, lo- do you, I don't love the way the um, flashbacks are cut into the episode. I no, found I thought it was like thing. a little bit too like much. That. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, the hanging at the end is awesome and brutal and really, like, really good. Like at that point, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's stunt director. Perfect sense. Yeah, the hanging looks really good. Um, and and we see it like a couple different ways, and it looks great every time. Yep, and um, and trip the way trip is is. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Jason Mewes tribute cameraman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and where he, like you just see his I mean, it's it's like the perfect mix of cartoony and also effective where you just like, yeah, see his yeah. sneakers hanging. Oh, um, and then and then I and then I, I thought it was a good decision. They're like, wait, who's holding the camera? And you're like, like, oh, that no, yeah, I got, that was great. I got genuine that was great. chills um, yeah, that was good. at that. I, good. I think this is one of the scarier episodes we've seen thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Effectively scary. Yep. Yep. Um, it doesn't have like a deep linger, but when you're watching it, it's, it's riveting, which I think is the whole point. Yeah. Um, but I think that the main thing we're supposed to be afraid of is of course, like, um, networks and viewers gobbling up human suffering, um, and Mm -hmm, rewarding like this total creep that is Mm -hmm. Horton Rivers playing himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Morton Downey Jr., at, by portraying Horton Rivers as himself, which is like a really funny and cool thing that he did, actually, <laughs> to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you know that these guys have no illusions about what they do. They must yeah, not. Pro- probably not. And, and probably like when you when you get to the point where you're like being called a trash merchant. Or, I don't know if that's true, but you, you know what I mean? Like he he must have gotten a lot of heat and hate for what he did. You know, like I don't think that like. I don't think Jerry Springer thinks that he's just like opening the world to the diversity of human experience or something, you know, 
Maury Povich doesn't think he's really helping those people on yeah. his show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, probably they can have more of a sense of humor. But you, I always wonder about this just as a larger thing when celebrities play sort of like supposedly affectionate parodies of themselves. Yes. And you kind of wonder like how Paris many of them are Hilton's really. his entire career? Yes. No, yeah. But you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's always good. Go on Saturday Night Live and kind of poke fun at stuff that's happened to you and you look like a good sport and that's a good move and everything. But you have to wonder when stuff like that happens, how much of that is like their publicist being like, go and do this mm-hmm. or them really like liking to joke around about, you know, like you know, sex tapes or, or, you know, or whatever. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I his whole persona. I mean, he could be he could be as gentle as a lamb in real life. We don't know. It seems right. unlikely. But, but, well, but but the shtick that he does here is a lot like the shtick he does based on the like scattered YouTube clips I watched of him on his show. Right, right. But like in real life, right? Like this. I mean, yeah, you're right. When what he, he's when doing he comes on home, the show, when he comes home at night to his to his wife, I don't know what his family to one of his is. four wives, and he had one child with each. Oh, is that right? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, when weird. he comes home to his children and is like, children, please, father must rest his voice. But first we must do Bible study. Right. He he could. Um, he, <laughs> I mean, uh, he is like he is like wildly pro-life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is a weird aspect of him. And and, and and no one who was ever pro-life ever did a bad ever, ever had a bad view. I know. But like if you were like a muckraker like this, don't you think you would be like, maybe we need less people in the world? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, she'd be like, I, I work in the human cesspool and the one thing we need is less. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, I'm not pro-life and I, I'm not pro-life because and I am I'm pro-choice, not because I think that more people should die. But I will say that, like, when I see uh, neo-Nazis, I'm like, yeah, I think it's a good idea that we don't, like, force people to have children that they don't want. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a surprising thing. So I think he has like that weird, he's sort of that weird mixture where, you know, a lot of this, um, like Dr. Phil is like this too, although he's more outwardly religious, where you have these people whose whole jobs basically are to expose taboo subject matter on television. But then they're also very culturally conservative. Yeah. Who have this very conservative veneer because they get to be like, they get to be dad, right? They get to sit in the tall chair and like scold you. For what you're doing. And, and but Morton Downey Jr., like, it looks like from what I've seen, I mean, mostly he just, like, blows smoke at people's faces, like, zip it, zip it. I mean, he's rude yeah, about it. Shouting. Yeah, shouting at people. And yeah. They're all he's, rude about it, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he's, but his show seems a lot more like, again, you can see, like, this evolution of, of how it works. Where, like, I mean, you're right, like, late period, uh, Jerry Springer is basically just, like, how long till we have a fight, like, a physical yeah. fight. But you can tell, you can, I feel like you can tell that, uh, Morton Downey's show kind of started off with the kind of like pundit talking head kind of, you this know, was like a political show, right? I uh, yeah, I think it was like so. Cur- At least initially. current events like it was supposed yeah, to discuss right, but, political issues. Right. But also he would like, you know, have people on who are like, we got to like set marijuana free, man. And then like someone who's, you know, who's like child died in a tragic pot smoking accident. Yeah, you, like, you know my what I mean? child like, died smoking marijuana tablets. Yes. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, kind of, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and then and then he's like, whoa, whoa, I'm yelling at everybody blowing smoke like a chimney. Yeah. Tragically. He, was, he also ran for president, right? He's like a he's like a, a neo lib to end all neo libs. He's like a yeah. middle centrist liberal. That's I mean, maybe. Deal. Oh, yeah. OK. The I mean, he, he you can I feel like you actually can kind of see like a Howard Stern kind of like uh, uh, you can see like like Morton Downey smoked. So Howard Stern could have nude women on his radio show. Yeah. 
just in terms of the like kind of like I'm the, the sort of larger than life personality and you get this sort of fan base and then you uh, I kind of coast on it. And I guess Howard Stern could actually sort of taking off around this sort of in parallel with this. But uh, but but just, you know, that same kind of like I'm going to run for president, you know, like, yeah, I don't this guy. Surely he had no true political ambitions, though. Jerry Seinfeld was or Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Springer was the uh, wasn't he the mayor of Cincinnati? <laughs> Yeah, he was. Um, and I think that I think that Morton Downey Jr. ran for president before all of this happened. I see. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he was like a media guy. I mean, he he had he brought with him the na- the nickname the mouth. That's yeah. his thing because he has an enormous mouth. Um, yeah. And yeah, on his so sh- and as on his show, people would stand behind podiums that looked like with, his big with- mouth. Yeah, well, they, uh, the ones I saw, they just like a picture of the mouth on them. They're not like it's not. I yeah, they're not like they're not like, like. I'm sorry, they're not like. Yeah, they're not. Uh, it's, like not like, it's not like Nickelodeon game. No, show no, no, no. They're not photos. sitting in fiberglass versions of his mouth or anything like. Although that, that would be awesome. I that mean, that would be, would be spectacular. Um, yeah. But like when you read about this this era, so it kind of it, it's like uh, it's like late, it's mid. 80s to like mid 90s and even into a little bit into the oddies right where you had like this trash tv and like a lot of crazy stuff went down like i read about um i read about how uh geraldo rivera like broke a bunch of like news that was just like totally phony baloney about satanists and was like Mm -hmm. there are one million satanists in this country and they're all you know, linked to this highly organized underground selective network and they're in every town and they murder and rape children and it's all happening in your town. Like that was like his thing. And that mm-hmm. basically like kicked off, kicked off like anti, the satanic anti panic. Yeah, satanic panic. That's insane. Like yeah, that's such yeah, a, yeah. you think about that as being such a defining thing for, um, you know, for for that generation of people, like the the late eighties, early nineties, and that's because of him. He did that. Like he made that happen. It seems funny, right? Like we like to talk about how siloed um, our uh, media consumption is, and now everybody can have a say. But this is like, don't you think this is kind of like the dark half of the other side of that coin, which is like if everybody's watching the same TV shows. There still is like that 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 desire to see like a bunch of like sensationalist garbage. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but but if there's only a few voices, you can have, like, weird, like, like brush fire panics because, you know, just like some guy who just wants to up, just wants to get ratings says a bunch of, you know, nutso butso stuff. I mean, isn't, you know, this is like, isn't this like exactly like, what goes on on Fox News? Like, this is what we worry yeah, about, right, right? Right, right, right. But like, what if but what if like the only channel was Fox News? Yeah. It, just to say that, like, with, you know, now you can, you know, right, you can listen to. You can just listen to Jeffrey Epstein po- conspiracy podcasts, or you can listen to stuff about right. how the moon you landing can is fake. Choose to live in your little echo chamber. Right, right. Every everybody can get their own thing. But what if, what if you know, what if there was one channel and they come out and they're like, "Look, man, the moon landing, it's fake." You know, and then I, I guess we believe that because the man on the TV said it. And we think about, I mean, I think we like looking back on our childhoods and and people, other people that I've spoken to about their childhoods. There is sort of like, I think this feel general feeling of like, oh, weren't our like weren't suburban parents like deliciously naive and cute, like worrying about um, urban legends about like ice cream. Like Andrew has uh, my partner has this amazing story about how his um his mother uh, wouldn't let him go to the ice cream truck alone to purchase ice cream because she heard about 
an ice cream truck that when kids tried to buy ice cream, they were like, we don't sell ice cream. We just sell dope. And yeah, uh, yeah. she was like, no, like that's a hilarious now to us. That seems <laughs> so ridiculous. But now we live in like equally strange little echo chambers oh, yeah. where we're no, like, no, 100 percent. It's yeah, it's just it's just not like the, the megaphones have gotten probably smaller or maybe there's just more of them. Right. And we also have like so much more information to sift through and also that can be sifted through for us so that if you were like ice cream truck selling dope, exactly where was that? It must be on a listicle somewhere like you can look for that and you can prove that it didn't exist to yourself. So instead, maybe we're in more of like ideological echo chambers. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as as we are approaching uh, the witching season and Halloween is uh, nipping at our heels, this makes me think about all the goofy stuff where they're like people giving drugs to kids for no reason, for no particular, you know, right? Oh yeah, like all the all the panic about like what's going to happen in Colorado when it's uh, when it's Halloween. There's candy. They put weed in candy, and you're like, no one's going to like get your kids high for free. Right, and indeed, kids will accidentally eat those weed gummies. Like it's just you know, right, like. Except they're people stealing from people. their parents. They're no right, yeah, stranger. But it's not, right. But it probably won't be because some mysterious. I think about uh, our parents being concerned about people. Apparently, there was some urban legend that involved stickers and like some sort of uh, uh, something that, you know, some agent like DMSO or something to like put acid into your bloodstream, like Jeez. acid, like LSD. You know, this idea that like oh. so. So apparently you're up. You're a cartoon drug dealer and you go to the to go to the playground. And you just stick a sticker on a kid and make them like high on acid for reasons. And, you know, that would be such a weird thing. Like, it's like at least it's not it's not even like a, like a particularly addictive substance. Like, it's like right, right. I'm going to stick the sticker on you and then you're going to be my client for life. And you're like, I'm afraid I don't want to do this ever again. Um, yeah, also, the also growing up in the '90s, though, I think our 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 understanding of like drugs and what they were and how they worked was li- also kind of deliberately a little bit warped. Where there's just sort of nebulously like, "Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad." Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, would you be surprised to know that um, that a respectable res- people that I, now so right. So now we are how many years removed from this? We're like 20 years removed, right? Mm-hmm. Almost, almost. Over. Yeah, we're like closer to like 30 years removed. Yes, eh. we're closer to 30 yeah. years removed. Yeah. Um, and it's funny to see this. So like I was reading about trash TV. Did you know that Oprah Winfrey was technically considered trash TV? Yeah, yeah. Yes. But but again, remember, I'm I'm a little bit older than you. So I remember like I remember when like Oprah, Oprah was like just like all, there was kind of consi- lumped in this category, but I don't think she was quite so. Uh, no, no, not no. that I can recall. She no, wasn't. No, no. She wasn't like, you know, strippers for Satan. No, no, no. She was more focused on therapy. She wanted to make people yeah. cry. That was yeah, her yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I found this in- highly entertaining uh, interview that she conducted for O Magazine in 2002, where she talked to uh, Phil uh, Donahue, who is the original. Yeah, Phil Donahue. Yeah. Donahue. Yeah. The original uh, uh, tabloid <laughs> TV guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they talked about trash TV. And this oh, is what nice. they had to yeah. say. This is what they had to say. So Oprah says, but don't you think that some talk shows have gone a little too far? Just the other day, I was slipping through the channels and saw that people were naked on Jerry Springer. And Phil says... <laughs> Uh, I've been very good about trying not to sound like an old guy who says, in my day, we'd never do that. 
we were naughty too. And Oprah says, oh, I've been naughty. But some of the shows have crossed <laughs> over into a whole different territory. And Phil says, they probably have. I don't think it's an... Un- this is where it gets like really, really good. I don't think it's an overstatement to suggest that we are, in a cul- we are a culture in decay. The canary in the mind is now in public education. We have way too many people either not finishing high school or when they do, and Oprah finishes, they know nothing. Employers will tell you, this is Phil again, employers will tell you that we have <laughs> high school graduates without fundamental skills. What's happening in television is a reflection of our culture. And instead of wringing our hands and breathing heavy and saying, ain't it awful, I think we ought to do something about it. We like an experiment being set up by a sociology class. If you want to know what America's culture in the last half of the 21st century is, watch some of these shows. Oprah finishes up with, there's a whole level of vulgarity on TV now that didn't exist before. Phil, I was never exposed to this material when I was an adolescent and starting to have quote-unquote impure thoughts. I don't know how I would handle that imagery if it was available today. Oh, man. So... That's interesting. I was like, I was kind of on board with Donahue, like until until the end there. Like, it's really I weird, like right? Like you think he, you think that like Oprah's kind of being the funny, and then he gets yeah. like way funny, being like, um. I mean, I mean, but but like, I, I mean, but like, really, I mean, I think we would uh, maybe argue about like what the uh, what the signs are, but I feel like I feel like you could have a very earnest conversation with NPR listeners about this, but you're talking yes. about Fox News and not about, uh, you know women taking well, their tops off and isn't on, it a uh, little Jerry bit Springer. strange uh-huh. and uh and poetic that this little tawdry horror anthology based on the thesis of this kind of agrees with these people right i don't think i don't think that they disagree <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, like, I think that they see this as a corrupting force. Mm-hmm. When I watch no. it now, obviously, through my eyes in 2019, I, I'm like, oh, it's all about capitalism. Like, they're letting that guy die on TV for money, right? Which is just, which probably <laughs> yeah, in right. another yeah, yeah. 30 years, yeah. if the planet right. hasn't burned up, I will look back on it and think is really funny. Like, I'll be like, oh, man, I was such a product of my time. I mean, everything, <laughs> everything, neoliberalism and capitalism. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. I hope I get, I hope I have yeah. the opportunity to think that's funny. Um yeah right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but as you watch, as you watch the last, the last coral reef die. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, they'll be dead for a long time before that. Um, <laughs> they'll be dead for yeah. Um, I. Uh, but I do think it's. I think it's funny that like that sentiment. I think is shared by this episode for sure. Uh yeah. I think. I, I think. I think a little bit. Um, I think that some of this also is just like. Um, they, it's it's fun to pick out. Um, um, detestable parts of pop culture and uh, hold them up for ridicule. I feel like um, you'd like think about all the Paris Hilton hate mm-hmm. that kind of happened maybe what, like 10 or 15 years ago. And like, you know, you have, you have Paris Hilton specifically, but then also this kind of idea of like girls who are just famous because they're famous. And now we live in a world of like Instagram and doesn't bother us at all. And yeah. 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 Now we're just like, yeah, that's, that's how it works, dude. Thanks grandpa. You know, well, like, and you, you um, hear people very, very occasionally you'll hear someone be like, why are the Kardashians famous? And you want to be like, because they have a TV show that's been on for like right, a yes. decade. Like, they have yes. been famous yeah. for a really long time. Like they're the famous for the same reason anybody else is famous nowadays. But you get this sense of like they haven't done anything, and you want to be like, I'm sorry, what has okay. anybody done to deserve fame? Well, I mean, I mean, right? They are not, but they are not. Uh, I mean, it, what what they're saying is like they're not actors, they're not musicians. Why are they famous? They have no talent. But then, I'll, yeah, 
but then also, I mean, but also we, we used to live in a world where like the society page was a thing too. So it's all just, yeah. We've been looking stuff. at, I'm just saying we've been looking at rich dicks for a long time for entertainment. Right. Yes. Yes. Just, just, they were just covered up a little bit better. Society um, pages, the, the cake walks, all of it. Right. All of it. Right. But just, but just to say, I think that some of this, we can give it some credit, but also I think it's just kind of like, we, we, we need somebody who everybody would agree is, 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 is a jerk and hateable. Um, uh, let's, let's do this. Well, but I, but the, the way that it's framed, we also have kind of this like race to the bottom. Like you need to go for bigger and bigger ratings. You have to be more and more ridiculous. Yeah. So I think it does kind of like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dig no, into that issue. This kind of, this kind of makes me think about something we, you and I have talked about this off mic, <laughs> um, where you kind of wonder, you see stuff that's the media, lar- larger media, but I think this, this certainly is an example that seems critical of capitalism. Um, or, you know, the status quo. Um, and then you wonder, do they, did, when they created this, was that, was that the intention? Would they identify it as such? Because I think that this idea of uh, uh, sort of uh, it's sounding like, I sound like a broken record, but like sort of neoliberal capitalism, especially in the post-Cold War era, which we are in or rapidly approaching at this point in the cryptverse. Um, you know, uh, is is all we know, and so anything that is critical of this, so so things that are anti-capitalist can also just be read as critical of the status quo by the people who create them. Um, you, you know, right? Like, which doesn't make it less valid, yes. but it makes you wonder if, did, like, did they? You, you know, when you see this stuff, you're like, do they know that this is about? This doesn't apply here, but you know, do they know this is about gentrification? Do they know that this is about the right? You know, about renters and homeless or workers' rights? Do they know that? You know, and I feel like oftentimes the answer is no, just because we live in a bubble and we have nothing to compare anything yeah, to. Yeah, well, this I definitely don't think is designed to be critical of capitalism. I think it's being critical yeah, or, or yeah, or, or it's just kind of like, yeah, race to the bottom and the network executives and you know, sort of this far off. Right, power, right. Like, I don't think you know, anyone was of. like, this is about how evil money is and how money like the desire to make money will allow a man to die on television for basically no reason. <laughs> but also money is great because this is made for. Money. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're critical of money. Yet you yet you use money. I win. Check marks. Socialists. Um, but like, yeah. I don't think that they were going for that. But I, I think it's sort of like. That you can turn the dial for whatever boogeyman you see. So, like, probably at the time that this, based on what I understand now of trash yeah, television, yeah. probably and and uh, Phil and Oprah breaking it down for me, I I think what they're trying to say is potentially like this is this is what like deciding we're all gonna lay in the gutter is gonna lead to. We're gonna like cheer and watch a dude die on TV. Right. Like that's what we're like, yes. that's what we're like cruising for. But like, I'm not where I have, I have lived for 30 more years than this episode. Right. And, yeah. and my experience tells me, no, actually, and this is leading to my ambush. Actually, all of this stuff is going to get sanitized and scripted mm-hmm. and planned. And producers are going to make sure that it's going to come out in apple pie order just this way. And that's actually what's going to happen. We're going to manufacture this sort of like towing the line just enough to keep mm-hmm. people interested. We're actually going to like narrow down into like we need this many wa- viewers. How 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 much can we get away with not showing so that we can continually mm-hmm. raise the stakes and then like and then decrease them over and over and over again? I thought about this because. Yeah. Um, I don't think that ghost hunting shows, I mean, like, it would be hard to have ghost hunting shows be more popular than they are right at this moment. Like, like we've sure. reached 
full market saturation Peak ghost hunter on ghost hunting tv shows which do exactly this like a guy is getting followed around a haunted house by a cameraman at, with a with a flashlight yeah, pre- taped pre- to the top of it pretending to be afraid yeah. or yeah i guess yeah in this one um uh, uh horton doesn't have a uh, some sort of like electromagnetic bs detector right Exactly. So and, and and like you can you can describe what will happen in every ghost hunting show almost to a level of comedy. Right. You're going to mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. start out. It's going to be daytime. You're going to get a little bit of history about a spooky place. Night's going to fall. You're going to go into that spooky place. Strange sounds are going to be heard, but not seen via the camera. Right. Like you're going to hear like mm-hmm. a banging door somewhere right. in the house. And then you see nothing. Nobody gets hurt. Everyone thinks it was a ghost, but can you ever be sure? And then you're going to restart again next week. Like, that's how these shows go. I also like it when they have the like the rapid camera moves. It looks like the guy is like, kind of dropping the camera. Oh, did you see that? Oh, no. oh, oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, you're like, dude, get like a strap. Put it on your shoulder, dude. And then, and then, and then they bounce the ghosts. Ghost, ghost bouncers. bouncers. Um, and it's almost so much market saturation that I think we're starting to like kind of double back where now you have kind of like ridiculous, ridiculous premises. For instance, did you know that there's a whole show about black guys hunting ghosts called Ghost Brothers? And now it's called Ghost Bros. Oh. And they like work out of a barber <laughs> shop. The whole thing makes me like makes me go. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Also, Ghost Bros sounds like it should be like, welcome to Sigma Sigma. Well, Ghost. originally it was the only ghost hunting fraternity. Right. It moved, I think, to a different network. It used to be Ghost Brothers, but now it's Ghost uh-huh. Bros because it has to be sort of different. But it's the I, same. Yeah, it's yeah, the it's same premise. Um, hey, Chip, put on your cargo pants. We got to go find some ghosts. Oh, man. But first, you got to chug. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like it'd be like a bunch of dudes wearing like. Wear, <laughs> oh, you got ectoplasm on my top side. Like wearing shorts that have built in underwear and also you can swim in <laughs> with yeah, American yeah, yeah. flags printed on them like hunting ghosts, which I would watch, actually. Um, <laughs> ghost, ghost Republicans. Ghost young Republicans for America. Ghost college Republicans. Yeah, ghost yeah. young. Mega. Ghost young Republicans with active chlamydia. Hunting ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the name of Donald Trump, I cast you out. No, in the name of traditional definitions of marriage, I cast you out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. Ghost shows. But when you think about. Yeah. So. So. Right. And all of that is like produced to the nines. Right. Like when you watch reality right, TV sure. now. You pretty much have no illusions like what you're what if you're talking about a reality show that you enjoy, what you're actually saying is I like the way the producer has made me feel like this isn't as produced as it could as it truly is. Yeah, right. Yes, 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 yes. And in fact, it's so funny that um, that this this episode, actually, it's weird that they um, uh, how naive they are that they think that uh, basically just like running around a possibly haunted house and just kind of being like, Ooh, it's spooky is enough. You know, we, we, we could see them. We, they could have done a sort of a plot point where they're cynically rigging the house yes. and maybe in that sense by like violating it. But it's kind of like, they don't even, we, they don't even have that level of guile. Whereas we all know that like everything you see on TV is so fake yep. um, that, you know, like you're, you know, you know, like the fact that they don't do that, you're like, man, yeah, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't have been very good. He's just gonna like run around an empty house and get scared by rats. Who watches that? Yeah. Well, and so what it reminded me of is, so now, so right now we have we've we've progressed, 
And now you look back on um, another uh, Geraldo episode um, from 88 where he was like, well, I've brought in a bunch of skinheads and also a bunch of Jewish oh, yeah. activists and we're just going to see what mm-hmm. happens. And what happened is everyone got in a horrible brawl and broke Geraldo's nose. Like, that is so crazy to think about now in terms of, like, how any of that would go down. Um, Mm -hmm. That when you think about these, like, ghost shows, they feel pretty meek in comparison. Um, Yeah, everything now is more slick and sophisticated. It's not quite as raw. But that and that means that the highs are high and the lows are probably more consistently low. Right. Well, And it's also just, like, way more, like, functionally speaking, way more low stakes. Like... And yeah. it could have been fake. Like, I don't know. Geraldo might have not actually broken sure. his nose, but it's see, but right, it's right. history at least remembers that that is what went down. Like, like sure, these sure. people legitimately well, had a fight. Morton Downey Jr. himself got in trouble in the waning days of his show for, like, cutting his hair short and dying it or something and then claiming he was attacked by neo-Nazis. And then it turned out that that was a bunch of phony baloney. It was not true. It was He was lying for attention. <laughs> um. But, you know, like there it does. We at least get this idea that it was more real, I, like the Jenny Jones. Are you familiar with this? The the, the Go, time no. reality TV killed a person. So, no, I don't. I don't think I've heard so this story. Jenny Jones was sort of like a, a Ricky Lake esque figure. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I know who yep. she was. Yeah. Or yep. is uh, what it presumes sure. is. Um, and she did a show where it was like, we're going to reveal your secret crushes. And and Uh-oh. the and the <laughs> what could go wrong? And right, so they invited, and the way it was, what the way it was going to go down is they invited people to her studio, and then their secret crushes came out and like told them that they loved them, and okay. the the twist on it, the like thing that everyone knows, the ho ho he he of it all, was that all of these crushes were homosexual crushes. Oh yeah, okay. Right? Okay. I can I can see I can see how this is like a good idea and then you realize it's like the 80s or 90s and you think about it for about a minute. And you're like this is a very bad idea. So this guy, this guy confessed that he had a secret crush on this this man who was his friend. Mm-hmm. Um and this man who was his friend was pretty psychologically disturbed actually, like high functioning but like yeah, actually sure. quite yep. Yep. social like and uh like 5 days later after it aired, he killed that man holy yeah 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 he so this the guy the guy who was the object of the secret crush killed the ho- the gay guy who had a crush on him right 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 terrible and so it's studied yes. in super terrible um it's and you know of course the family of this man of the man who was murdered um sued the pants off uh uh jenny jones and they lost, I think. Like, they study this still to this day. Basically, they were like, well, once they leave the studio, not sure. our problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he knew the risks crazy. when he said he'd be on our show. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. again, it, it's so funny. It, it, it feels like they're like, gro- I don't know. It, it feels like they're groping in the dark, being like, what will people watch? <laughs> so. The thing that so here's my ambush. The thing that I think about when I see this is that um, certainly the trash TV setup is kind of dated. Um, the way it's shot is a little bit dated too. I would have liked to have seen more kind of uh, found footage, camera point of view shots, maybe, or something where the only things or most of what we see is the reactions of the people in the trailer, 
and then uh and then also kind of like what the camera can see that, that would have been cool and made it a little bit more claustrophobic and uh, uh uncertain feeling um but you know you know blair witch is many years away at this point um but there's also some updating that you could do here. And the thing this made me think about is um, is uh, podcasts and true crime podcasts and our interest in serial killers. And um, because this is, after all, a, a, a murder house um, and all of the funny stuff you see. Um, I, I feel like there's less moral panic about uh, about serial killers, but about, about the interest in true crime now. Uh, but. But there's there's equally vacuous, bloviating uh, think pieces uh, holding forth on it. Um, and it, it does make you kind of wonder, like when you watch if you've if you've chosen to watch any modern true crime documentaries, they're kind of a lot like this, like this show. It's just that they know what's going to happen. So they, they, they it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not quite so wooly. Um, uh, and, and also that, you know, in, in a sense, um, is is serial killer ba- the last bastion of being able to, like, openly claim to be a fan of rapists? <laughs> that's that's mm. that. You know what I mean? That feels a little bit weird. And what what is that? What does that speak to? Um, it's it's just weird. Um, but 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 right. If you made this now, uh, he would be he would be a he would be like a like a my favorite murder last podcast on the left kind of uh, podcast um, person, and he would be like going to the murder house, right? And yeah, uh, or he'd be like the members of Ghost Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, like he'd be one of the two. Yeah, I mean, the whole true crime thing is interesting too, because like I definitely enjoy some true crime. I feel sure. like I'm a little bit full on it. Mm-hmm. I feel. I wonder, we're not going to know until we have a little bit more um, distance between ourselves and now. We won't really know. But I kind of wonder, I do wonder if the the resurgence of, so true crime was like a huge deal in the late 80s, early 90s as well, Uh right? Like, Like that is when that genre really took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking really juicy looks mostly at murders that happened in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Right, um, with the golden age of being a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. So when when our science wasn't real good and uh, people just... Um, Disappeared. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but people just um, hitchhiked like crazy all over right, the place. Yeah. And, and then they disappeared and then we found them. And then we found them. <laughs> we found their bones. Um, Right. And our science and like the science was just starting to get good. So we were able to identify yeah, people right, that right, we right. weren't able to identify right, right, for a really yeah. long time. And it just makes sense. Sure. Um, but I also think it had to do with like kind of this this sense of like of like in, impending doom at a time where like we feel like everything is going pretty well. But we have like a sense of something bad happening yep, yep, soon. Yep. How many times? How many times have you maybe not maybe you don't read the same stuff I do. But how many times have you heard this little chestnut where they're like, you know, who else loved true crime? People in Weimar, Germany. Mm? Yeah. Mm? Love I true have not crime. Heard that, I have not heard that chestnut. I do like the idea of like a bunch of a bunch of people in like the 40s being like, I just love the serial killers. No, no, it's, it's definitely so true. Fun. I mean, because like, you know what else Weimar Germans loved? Cabarets and cocaine. So, yeah. so you know, it's it's exactly like now, really. Yeah, like burlesque and jewel rips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, things that I was imagining just, just like, have you seen France? There is piece. There's a piece in the paper. Apparently, cocaine is not good for you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, um, oh, oh, only no flavored cocaine. We'll just ban the flavored oh, cocaine. Um, but like, I think that that's what's happening here. I think that's why people suddenly got fascinated oh, yeah, with yeah. serial killers. We now, of course, have this whole new, and I, this might be more specific to our time, um, but. 
now we have like this fascination that now this is sort of morphed into a fa- fascination with people that lie. We love liars and scam artists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, the, the sort of dirty John, Dr. Death kind of. It's, yeah. Yeah. Although, like, uh, you know, um, do, do we run the do we run the risk, though, of sounding like uh, Oprah and Donahue a little bit, too, where every everybody is living in the, 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 the you know, we all are living in the final days of Rome. And so has everyone else who's ever lived. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you, you, you know what I mean. We like we're, we're lulled. We, yeah, but it's, we want it's, it's like a lulled society that knows that we've been lulled too long, and I think that that happens like that happens you know cyclically. Like yeah, this, yeah, there's probably a boom bust cycle where you're like, no, yeah. everything's where you you're like having too good of a you're like you're too comfortable, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, everything's gonna blow up and we're all gonna die, and then it's like, oh, it, everything's fine. Oh, I guess we won. Everything's fine, and then oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and we also, I think, can see because information is so readily available, but you can be so selective with it. Yeah. Like, don't you feel like there's a lot there's just a lot of these kind of stories now where it's like everybody already knew. We just didn't talk about it. Like, that's the story with Bill Cosby. That's the story with uh, Harvey Weinstein. That's kind of the story with global warming. Yeah. Even like global warming has had like a real good year. Like we are all suddenly talking about it. And I can remember I can remember maybe like three years ago, kind of idly wondering to myself, I'm like, whatever happened to global warming? We haven't really talked about that in a <laughs> yeah, long yeah. time. <laughs> like, right? And yeah. of course it was happening rampantly, constantly. We just weren't we just weren't panicking about it at all. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So instead I got myself all panicked by like listening to things about serial killers and like worrying about like, you know. Worrying about my fellow man and what lurks beneath. And it's because, like, you know, there's bad stuff happening in the world. So uh, what did you make of the end? What do you so, think the end is about? I uh, I, I feel I, I'm of kind of uh, I also am of sort of split mind there. Um, I think when I think about it, it seems like you want it to I want it, I want it to have sort of a rote, um, not a spe- kind of pat criticism of like. All the network cares about is money, but I don't think the people in the trailer know that he's actually dying because <laughs> when you think about what the camera can see, I think all they see is him like screaming in the other room and they're like, he's scared and he's this their sort of detestable boss who they all hate, which makes sense. But also you'd think if these people were his crew and producer for so long, they'd love all this trash stuff, too, wouldn't they eventually? I mean, or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that you see Sam kind of harden and she takes a little bit of the power back. And is like, no, no, let him sweat it out. It'll be fine. Um, but then she sees that he is hanging. She runs out of the trailer. She sees him and she looks she looks horrified. So I think it's kind of like it was all pretend or you know, it was all fun and games when it was pretend. But now it's real. And, uh, you know, oh, what a cost humanity. It's something like that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Where it kind of is like, a, oh, look, yeah. wag your finger. Look at you, trash TV. You want to you want to push the envelope and. Uh, you know, play around with ghosts. But when the real ghosts come, who's going to be there? To, it, it, basically, it's trash. T- it's trash TV and host. It's do it's doing the trash TV host thing to the trash TV program in this show where it's kind of like, well, no, no, personal responsibility. Daddy is here to tell you you need to straighten up. Yeah, I think that that's very similar to what my preferred. End. So here are the non-negotiables that I think are like okay. pretty clear in the text. We see Sam 
be like, I'm going to get the killer instinct. I'm going right. to make him sit in that room, right. even yeah. though he seems genuinely afraid. No right. one thinks that he's not genuinely afraid. I right. don't think. Like when she's like, you sound so real. She's like relishing it. She knows he's afraid. Yeah. Right. right. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, and then the other non-negotiable is when she comes out of the trailer and sees uh, Horton hanging there, she is genuinely horrified. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I like think so those too. are the things that are non-negotiable. What the piece of it that is missing for me is so I know intellectually that we're not that the, there's no way the camera can see that he's hanging there. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But I kind of feel like we're implied the camera can see that he's hanging. Yeah, well, like, I mean, maybe there the, are outdoor maybe they probably have some, they probably have some exterior shots, right? They have the one that's looking at the psychic for whatever reason. There happens to be one pointed at the window that he comes out of. I, I can accept right. that. That's fine. So what I don't. So I'm going to also say that it's not like a total non-negotiable, but I think for the sake of argument, they broadcast on live TV that he is hanging out. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so there are two different directions either. And the, the missing piece of it is we don't know what the network is thinking about that and mm-hmm. what the audience is thinking about that. And yeah. there's two different ways it can go. Either they're still thrilled. It's what they've wanted. Mm-hmm. And it can be a comment on like how in the gutter we all are, that right, that's what right. we want. And also a comment on, well, when you see something from t- on TV, you're detached from it. And sure. when you see something in real life, it's a whole different story and you're horrified and you cannot believe that that's what we're doing, which seems frankly a little lame to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a, that, that, or like, like very pat, like anyone yeah. could describe that to you. It, it also has the funny thing where it's kind of like, look how dehumanizing and terrible it is. Let's make a fictional story that shows those things <laughs> and then makes right. you feel bad about wanting to. Y- y- yeah. If we believe that the network is suddenly like too much and the uh-huh. audience is like too much and like they have a, a, situ- a reaction that is more similar to Sam's, I think that that's a better mm-hmm. direction for it to go. They just don't let us know. And it's a better direction for it to go because I think that we're sort of faced with this idea that actually what we want is what we ended up with, which is uh-huh. like a yeah. producer who is carefully – Making sure that we stay in the safe zone. We're not going to get too crazy, mm-hmm. but like, and that there are some guardrails on this. We want, we want to like scream for blood, but we don't actually have any bloodlust. Yeah, right. Yes. We want there to be threat. We don't want there to be death. We want thrill. We don't, we don't want chill. Like, you yeah, know, like we right. don't, well, we don't and- actually want these things. And that the whole concept of like being built around a killer instinct is kind of, is fake. Yeah, yeah, it's we're, not, we're full of we it. We don't yep. actually want it. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. I agree. It got a little bit too real on the show for us this evening. But I think also isn't that like the way that you sort of hold out hope for sanity, right? You say that, oh, the world is falling apart and people want to just see murder and death on TV. But then the way that you uh, kind of uh, try to redeem society is you say, well, but people don't really want that. Um Uh, which I think maybe gives society and people maybe a little bit more credit than they deserve. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you you know what I mean? Doesn't that become the like, well, I mean, he's talking about like how all they're all, all all the Mexicans are rapists, but he does. He, he doesn't really, he's not really going to send them. Right. right, Yeah. Are we really going to anybody? Yeah. You you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and it doesn't even, and and it doesn't even have to be about Trump, right? Like, are we really just going to lock up all these, all these men who we've, who we've, uh, arrested in a secret Cuban jail and hold them without charge for decades. Are they really going to do, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Are they really going to make me take my shoes off before I get on the airplane? Right. But I think to have a horror anthology recognize that, like, yeah, they right. don't want. And then I'm cutting their head off with a chainsaw. Like, right. they are absolutely the people to make that call. They know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They know just how far to push it, right? Like, and they probably knew this because they were narr- they were telling fictional narrative like narratives about this kind of thing mm-hmm. before we really had a like a handle, a, like a, a more, um, yeah, a more advanced handle on what reality TV was going to be. So, like, they already kind of knew it. That's yeah, really cool. They knew. they knew. Yeah, that's cool. This is also, I think, the, is this the first chainsaw we've seen in Tales from the Crypt? I wondered that too, and I, I thought so. it couldn't be, but it, but I think it is. Yeah, it is. I think so. I think so. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't prefer a chainsaw wielding ghost. I don't like when ghosts hold. Yeah, weapons. no, no, no. This, this, this whole thing would would have done much better if the ghosts were more ghostly. That probably wouldn't. That probably is informed largely by computers now, you know, and like what yep. we're used to seeing. But the ghost should have been more spooky, less slasher for me, for my money, because he still could like get spooked, run out the window and hang himself by accident. Like that could still happen. He could be like scared to death or like scared to murder, to suicide. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? He could it. The the ghosts are a little bit too visceral and alive seeming for me. Right. I would have preferred, or if she had a ghost, could it be a ghost chainsaw that doesn't actually cut him, but scares him? Right, right. And and I guess this is more 50s-itis, right? 50s-itis strong here. Not too strong, but like a boarding house five years ago? <laughs> well, and when you read, like, when you read about it, it's like, sometimes they're like, her patience. And you're like, wait, is she like right, yeah, literally yeah. taking care of these people? <laughs> like, what yeah. is happening? The, um, uh... I don't really know how ratings work in the 90s, but I like it that people are calling the TV station like on a live broadcast. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. yeah, Like, how does that work? More of this, please. (laughs) If you continue to show this sort of programming, I will. I will keep watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other things that I thought were funny is that um, Sam really wants him to check out the dripping water. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's just sort of it just was just sort of like weird. It's necessary. Um, And then. Everybody's real calm, right? Like we see the table move. We see the chandelier swing. We know it's not rigged um, and they see the door bleed. But everybody in the trailer and Horton are surprisingly calm after that. They're just kind of like, hey, you know, yeah, could it be this a could have definitely this would have definitely been nice if there was some sort of like miscommunication with like the rigging unit. No, yeah, 100 percent. With- and we knew that Horton didn't know what was rigged, but knew something was going to be rigged. Right. And we right, right. knew that the trailer knew that there was going to be stuff that was rigged. And meanwhile, you have like a guy who's like, this is real. This is really, really happening. And no one's listening to right, that. Yeah, yeah. The psychic. Yeah. Right. And then um, and he's like getting busy, like freaking out and getting nosebleeds and stuff because like there's too much ghost energy. And then what you have well, is. And also, you you would have like a special effects unit that's somewhat separated, and there and that yeah, guy yeah. is like, or, or, or is just like, wait, some, what am I seeing? This is not stuff that we set up, yeah, yeah, or something, yeah, or something as simple as um, they sent like like Johnny's in there in a suit, he's gonna come out and scare you, right? And then like one of the scares is, oh, it's Johnny, and he's hanging, and they're like, Trip, what do you think of this? And then Trip is hanging, you, you know, who's holding the camera? Ah! You know, that the thing where they think that all the noise is is just some guy in the house is the guy is their inside man, but no, he's been dead the whole time. You know, something like that. 
Oh, I like the, uh, we, we don't, usually don't talk about the bumpers. I think it's funny. We like to talk about the uh, episodes generally and the better the episode is, or sometimes the worst, if the ones that are on the, on the edges, we almost never talk about the bumpers. Cause it's just kind of like, yeah, I just get to the episode. It's fine. There's some like puns or whatever, but I do like, um, the closing puns, how he's a real swinger and he hangs out in all the right places. Oh, yep. That's pretty good. Yeah, this was a this was a rare uh, Kirkkeeper appearance where I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I usually don't. Does this I feel usually... bad? Like I feel like at the be- towards the beginning of the podcast, we're like, and patron saint of the podcast, John Kassir, the only consistent part. And then usually we're kind of like the crypt creep, the crypt keeper. Didn't much care for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite part. I, I don't know. I think it just just shows like sort of different, like how tastes change. <laughs> Chase, I was a different person when I started this podcast. <laughs> Well, like what we remember, I think what we remembered was that that was like the most effective uh, special effect yeah. for the most yeah. part. And it's, con- and and it's so consistent. We, so, yeah. yeah. And we remembered that being really scary. And now it's like just less impressive overall. And we're like, hey, dude, don't like don't step on my pun game. Like, you'll have an idea for a pun going in. Then he'll make. Oh, pun. yeah. Like, yep, oh, yep, yep. oh, no. Can't make that pun anymore. Thanks, Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready to rate it? Yeah, I am. I think I, uh, right. I, 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 I like this one. I, I, when you, I had my expectations, I was initially a little bit disappointed. Um, expectations being built up from reading about how this is such a legendary episode and everybody loves it and blah, 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 blah and how scary it is. But, uh, it, it, it's pretty effective. And I think especially given, uh, perhaps the limitations, I think, you know, what we expect now from some, from the concept of sort of a found footage or uh, artificial horror and what, 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 what we think ghosts are and can do is different now than it was uh, 30 years ago. Um, and I think this is pretty fun. I think it's um, it's, it, it works well as a horror movie. Um, I, uh, the characters are uh, not really relatable, but kind of appropriately vile. Um, and uh, so I liked it. I, I, I give it four out of five kidney beans. Mm, nice. Uh, I do love that part where he's like, kidney beans. Yeah. And you're like, is he just making a joke because it's like a, a, a organ? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All that food was in pretty good shape for being in there for five years. Um, I also uh, focused it on that particular part of the episode for my category. <laughs> I guess there isn't like, you'd be like, you'd be like four out of five chainsaw wielding ghosts, which is not as good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I called this, I, I thought that this was um, better than average. I do think you need to do some legwork to under, I had to do some legwork to understand sure. it, um, which doesn't necessarily count against it. Yeah, it just, just means time, it hasn't quite, but, it hasn't aged as well. Yeah, as it, or just yeah. culturally, it, it's, it's very, spe- it's a very specific thing we don't really have anymore. Right. I, so I settled on three out of five surprising rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like how scared he is of the rats and then how happy everyone in the trailer yeah, is. Yeah, everyone's like, what a jerk! Like, is like <laughs> laughing about it. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Do you think, uh, you think people who like, are like, you think like, uh, I don't even know what, Robin Stuttering John, like you think like the people who work for Howard sort of hate him the same way that the people who hate, uh, hate Horton? No, I would think that those guys would be would be pretty well liked. But I bet like I bet like the I know because I used to know somebody who did um, some work um, on whatever was NBC, the person who the the, the people who had the apprentice. Oh, um, I think so. ah, who knows? Yeah, maybe I used to know some people, a person who did some camera work uh, 
on whatever network carried The Apprentice, and uh-huh. she she was you know like she was pretty lowly in terms of of power at that sure. time. And uh, one of her jobs used to be she would have to prepare Donald Trump's little frozen meatball pizza that he would get during breaks. <laughs> oh, and, man. Um, and they all hated him. So I no man is a hero to his tailor. And, and also some people are just some people just suck. Yeah. Next time, we'll be celebrating Halloween with a very special episode of Crypt Creepers. Ooh, Ooh, we're opening up the Johnston scary. Sibling Vault of Horrors and pulling out our favorite blood-sucking romp. The Lost Boys. I think uh, this was certainly the first scary movie that we watched together. Was it? Was it your first scary movie? Probably. I mean, like I don't know. Like, 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 like capital yeah. capital S capital M scary movie. Probably true. Probably yeah. true. Oh, undeniable classic. Still love it. Can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to discuss it. Can't wait to rewatch it. We hope that you can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> and thank you also for listening to this episode of Crypt Reapers. Smooth segue. Uh, yeah. Please check us out. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're on all the podcatchers. Any of those that you like. Um, if you can, on your particular uh, platform of choice, subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. We would love that. That would be just peachy. Especially um, if it's nice. Especially if it's nice. Even if it's mean. Whatever. Put it out there. Um, be sure <laughs> no to also such thing visit as us. bad attention. Uh, be sure also to visit us on uh, our website outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt dash creepers um, to see uh, our past episodes and also find other excellent podcasts. Till next time, kitties. Success in show business is all about knowing your audience. Better give them what they want if you want to slay and not get hung out to die. (laughs) (laughs) Outrageous.